I don't think I've ever heard this before. You have. I don't know. It's like such a huge hit in the 90s, and then a lot of DJs, club DJs, were oh like God. remixing it. Yeah, this, this was a banger in the club yeah. all the time. Right? Yeah. I was too young to be at the club back oh, then. Oh, come on. Stop it. Guess I was listening to different music. So good. Sister Nancy and Bomb Bomb. <laughs> Fun song, though. Yes. You need this on your boat. God, you know who I was feeling really bad for? Uh, was that guy whose uh, celebrity girlfriend was thought to be dead and then she was alive. Oh, my God. Uh, Tanya Roberts is the actress. She yes. was like a Bond girl in the movie A View to a Kill. She was a Charlie's Angel on one of the earlier TV gorgeous, shows. Gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She was Midge on that 70s show. That was probably her most famous role mm-hmm. that was recent. Anyway, she collapsed on uh, Christmas Eve. Like she was walking her dog. It wasn't COVID, or at least the boyfriend is saying it wasn't COVID, but she was having some sort of respiratory issues. She was in the hospital's ICU. The boyfriend wasn't allowed to stay with her because of the pandemic. Anyway, uh, turns out like he thinks she's dead. It's yes. kind of it's kind of his fault with how that came to be because like he told her publicist that he basically was asked to go to the hospital to say goodbye. Because she was on the brink. Because she was on the brink of death and Mm -hmm. they wanted to give him a chance to see her one more time in case things took a turn for the worst. The publicist thought that she had died because he said he went to the hospital to say goodbye. Yeah. And uh, so she issued a statement or told some people that this actress, Tanya Roberts, had died. So it was a news story. Everyone was talking about it. the boyfriend believes that the publicist has information that he hasn't received yeah. so he thinks she's dead and and starts doing an interview well like this is days, days later, later is on with uh with one of those like news tabloid tv shows and talking about tanya roberts and her life and he gets a phone call while they're recording this interview from the doctors telling him that she's not dead now you're telling me that, that she's alive oh thank the lord thank god what just happened, Lance? What was what was that? The hospital's telling me she's alive, <laughs> and they're they're calling me from the ICU team. So the hospital just called you right now and told you that Tanya's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, so they tell him she's alive. That the reports are wrong, and you know he's been dealing with the grief of her passing and everything. And then uh, she dies. Yeah, she does. For real now. Like, for real dead, Tanya Roberts is no longer with us. She died, like, what? How many days after that interview? Would you say, like, 48 hours? Like, not not very long after. Days. Like, maybe three days? I forget when the interview was being recorded, but it was like he had another moment to believe that she was going to make it, and then then she she did it. I I feel like the... The trip, the roller coaster ride that that boyfriend has been on must be a nightmare. Oh my God. Think she's I can't dead? Even imagine. Then you find out she's still alive. Then you find out she's, she's dead. dead. And do you believe it the second time? You know? Yeah, at that point, you're like, I got to see the body yeah, or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. Because. Oh my God. I can't I'm imagine. Sure... I can't imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine. 
and he thought she was dead for, you know, days. Yeah. And then when the reports were everywhere, and uh, I guess the doctors just heard the report saying, oh, someone said this patient's dead and she's not. We better call like the next of kin or whatever it was. Holy. Yeah. That's a heavy story. That's a heavy what story. What a great way to start the podcast. Yeah, I was thinking about that last night too, though, because I saw it in the news. I'm like, no, that's a story where you want the person to recover. Yeah. And then they tell their story from the hospital because I'm sure, I don't know, I mean, if she was in a coma, I'm not sure. But if there were several days where she was in the ICU that she didn't see the boyfriend, I wonder if she was wondering, why, why is no one coming to visit me anymore? Like to be, yeah, I think she was like, you know, probably in uh, a coma or on a ventilator and, and put, knocked, you out. Know, knocked out or something. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of people in the hospital, famous people, Dr. Dre was rushed to the hospital really? after suffering a brain aneurysm, which if anybody's heard stories of people with brain aneurysms, I mean, th- these are people that can essentially drop dead at any moment or they drop dead and mm-hmm. you have no idea why until after the autopsy's done. Uh, the good news is uh, that it looks like he's recovering nicely. He's still in the intensive care unit and said to be stable. But uh, according to LL Cool J, who tweeted out, he said he's um, he's doing okay. And actually, I think, uh, did, oh, yeah, Dre himself or somebody close to him issued a statement saying, I'm doing great. I'm getting excellent care from my medical team. I'll be out of the hospital and back home soon. Really? So that is that one of those things that could happen to you where you're just not the same afterwards, I would assume? Because that, a brain aneurysm means that there's like veins that aren't getting blood to your uh, brain. Is that correct? A blood clot. There's I a think. clot. So yeah, I think you can recover. I think you can have a full recovery. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it depends on how, how long you're uh, out of commission you're, for before they, you know, figure out what's going on. God. Um, I mean, the fact that they say he himself issued a statement mm-hmm. is an indication that he's doing okay. He's in the middle of a huge divorce battle with his wife, Nicole, too. Oh, really? Yeah, she's trying to get their prenup thrown out. And uh, she wants, like, what would be a lot of money a month <laughs> for spousal support, do you think? <laughs> I don't you're, know. you're Dr. Dre's wife. I mean, he's so wealthy. He's yeah. so he's like a top earning celebrity every year because of the Beats by Dre, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, wants two million dollars. She wants two million dollars a month. A month? Yeah. <laughs> Is she living 20, on twenty-four million a year. She living on a super yacht. Uh, plus, she wants five million dollars for legal fees. Uh, so that's a bit of a. I wonder if she caused the aneurysm. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, two million a month. Oh, um, my head, it hurts. My brain. <laughs> Something like that. Matt and I have a prenup, but like. You guys have a prenup? Yeah, hell yeah, we got a prenup, baby. Really? This is uh, 2000 and what? We got a freaking prenup. Oh my God. How does that even well, come I'm up? Di- I'm divorced, keep in mind. Yeah. When I marry Maddie. Yeah, but when you divorced. Yeah. We didn't have, my first marriage didn't have a prenup. You just like said, I don't want anything. I'm leaving. Even though you probably could have grabbed a piece of the condo you were living in because, you know. Lawyers tried to tell me that I deserved like. Part of that. Well, you do. I portion mean, of that, yes. You share the assets that you have at marriage. If you, uh, if the guy owned the place in advance, then maybe you, he could say, well, it's the increase in value from the time that you came on the scene to when you mm-hmm. divorced. And whatever that increase is, then you split that. We did renovations when I was there, and I was ha- very hands-on for those. Um, did a lot of the work myself. 
but I just wasn't interested. Yeah, you just wanted to cut um, and run. And I would say, too, like, before we got married, my first marriage, we discussed, you know, what would happen if we divorced. And I just said, you know, it would be so sad. I'm, I'm not going to sit around here and, and pick at you over money. It would just be very sad. And thank God that's the case. That was the case. Yeah, so, but then you get married again, you're like, oh, no. Freedom! I, I gave my first husband the full break, my new husband. Yeah, I'm well, locking him out. There was a difference in our salaries, and okay. I, was, I had bought a house. Oh. And I wanted to protect my assets in that way, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I did write in the prenup, um, if we have a kid, this prenup's out the window. Oh, interesting. So, so you, it expired. So now there's no prenup in place. Yes, exactly. And now you guys are equal partners yeah. in life. Yeah. And I honestly feel like if something went south with us, that we would have a talk about it and make a decision based on that. Yeah. But now we got a business together. And, you you got a business. A whole thing going on. Property. Dear Lord. <laughs> bought a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, who gets the cabin? Who gets the cabin? <laughs> <laughs> if you were with a woman... And um, she wanted to move into your place, which I know would never happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, also because like who it's would move small. into a bachelor it's with a someone? Bachelor like, pad, if yeah. anything, you would uh, either keep it rented out and move into another place or sell it and move in with a girl. Mm-hmm. But if let's just say you meet this hot. Well, let's just say the Friday night lady friend mm-hmm. wants to move into a place with you. Yeah. Except she has her own place, so she's got a bit of cash. If yeah. you were with someone else who had no money, yeah. but you were totally into, yeah. and you were going to move into a place and huge sell breasts. your condo, she massive breast. Huge breast. <laughs> the bigger the breast, the bigger the prenup. <laughs> <laughs> but you sell your place, and you have that cash in the bank. Do you get a prenup with the girl? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. You too, I, eh? I think you should. Uh, people are getting married later. You got married when you were, what, two years old? You had nothing. I had nothing. You had nothing. Yeah, just dead. Did you have nothing? I mean, I had zero. I had a uh, car that was worth nothing. And uh, I think I just was climbing out of debt. So I was pretty much even Steven. Like zero. Zero. <laughs> and dollars. Deb, Deb too? No, Deb had a bit more money than me. Ah. Maybe she had a little nest egg. Yeah. Mm. 10, 20 grand maybe. Right. I, I don't know. Like she, she'd lived at home while working for a while. Oh, smart. Whereas as soon as I started working, I was living on my own and trying to save money when you're making 20 grand a year is like impossible. Forget about it. Yeah. That's different. Like Bundus saved, bought himself a condo when he was 25. You worked for that. Could you imagine... Somebody trying to say that that belonged to them, half of it, like yeah, like uh, that would not work for me. No, like I am, I am more than. I think it's awesome that if you're going to start a new life together, that everything that you do together is going to be split down the middle. But if I'm coming to this relationship mm. with assets, then those assets belong to me. Just yes. as I would not want, like the Friday Night Lady friend, she's got her own property. Mm. If we were to get something together, I don't feel that I'm entitled to what she currently owns. Yeah, it's whatever we're going to do together from then on. Yeah, out. but that's how it works. So I think is it's pretty much from the day you get together that you start. Uh, it's whatever you accumulate after that day that you divide mm-hmm. in a divorce settlement. Like but your it, house, if you own a house for 20 years and you get married and you're married for five, she's not entitled to half of the value of that house. I think it's half of the increase in value through that five years. 
if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Just like it's not all your savings that she gets half of. It's half of the savings that you've earned from the point where you guys move in together. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like I've heard too many horror stories where that's not the case. Mm. Because if I'm living with Bundus in the condo that he purchased, we break up. But now I have nowhere to live. I'm going to fight you for that damn condo. <laughs> you know? Put me out of my ass. I want the condo. So who brings up the prenup in your uh, marriage, your pre-marriage with Matt? I brought the prenup up. But um Was that were you like sweating over that no. for days leading up to the conversation? I just said, "Would you be comfortable with that?" And he said, "Yeah." Yeah, but how sure. how long did it take you to spring that on him? Would you be comfortable with that? He at what point do you decide that when you move in or when he's in, asked you to marry you? We've already been living together. Okay, so you're living point. together. He says you want to get married. Yeah, and then you're like, we okay, married, and before we get married, and I think you have to do that with a prenup. And we it was a quick engagement. It was only like four months. Within the organization of everything for the wedding, we also just sat down and wrote something out, a prenup together, and then had it notarized, which I think is a great way to do it because then it's just super cash. Once you bring a lawyer into it and they're like, well, what about this? What about this? It really starts to, you start to pick apart stuff, whereas we just wrote out, you know, I can't even remember what it said, but it was like, you know, I'm coming into this with this house. This is mine. Yeah, okay. And uh, and so he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And now, and then kid, I did, it's gone. I put that in there, you know, that it was, if we have a child, then this, this doesn't, you know, everything changes. I wonder if that's why he wanted a kid, so he can get to some <laughs> of that house cash. No, I know that's not the case. I don't think Matt would care. Honestly, he wouldn't. Yeah. He'd just want his backpack and he'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> For real. And I think honestly, when you're leaving a relationship, oftentimes that's just the case. It's like, oh, I don't I don't care anymore. Just get me out of this situation. But you know, there are people that stay together in marriages because they're afraid of losing too much of their assets. Yeah. That but sucks. They, I mean, that's, that's when money is more important than your happiness. Like, I'm so thankful. I haven't done all the math on it, and I don't go through the numbers regularly, but I feel like if my wife and I decided to separate, mm -hmm. that we could just pretty much draw a line in the middle. Like, there's been years where I made more than her, and there were some years where she made more than me, mm -hmm. and everything, like, you know, we both basically had nothing. So we could just leave. We both have jobs. Yeah. And uh, I'd want the boat. So she would have no problem with that. She would that. have no problem with that. I might have to like throw in a bit of cash towards her to like compensate for that. But sure. you know, it would be easy. But I know people whose wives don't work. Mm -hmm. And so if they get divorced, that becomes a lot more complicated. Because mm -hmm. they've given up their career to be a stay-at-home mom or, or something whatever. like yeah, that. Yeah, they're looking yeah. after the household and they should be compensated. And sure. Yeah, it changes things. Sure. Yeah. What if the Friday night lady friend didn't want to work anymore, Bundes, and wanted you to be the uh, breadwinner there? <laughs> That's fine with me. That's fine. You know, I think as long as I get a sweet home cooked meal whenever I come <laughs> home, that's good with me. Would you be okay with that? Like, uh, let's just say you, you could afford to keep the household going on your salary. Would you be okay if she stayed home? Because I don't, I don't know if I could. Uh, do that. I would. I would hate to well, give I mean, up on that that ear that earning potential. It's all like free money in a sense. Right, when somebody else is bringing something to the table. And I, I know it, it It needs to happen in some households, and it works really well when it happens on some households. Like my brother's wife had a great career. She was a CA. She was a high-level banker. Mm. And uh, 
he was a finance guy. He did well as well. Mm-hmm. But there came a point where their lifestyle wasn't working well for raising their children. Yeah. They were gone. They were traveling to work. They would come home at five thirty six at night and try mm-hmm. and figure out how to deal with two kids, homework and everything and hockey and whatever. Yeah. And so they decided that one of them was going to like step back from the job. Mm-hmm. And it was a mutual decision. Mm-hmm. And uh and so like, and their life was better off after that. So I'm not like ripping on people who have stay at home, you know, significant others. It's a I trade off. For yeah. me, I'd be like, oh, all that money. I'm just going to like, <laughs> let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I honestly think that um, divorced parents have it better than, than I do. Um, I have a lot of friends who are divorced and now single parents and they get the kids part time, um, you know kids gone Monday to Friday at one parent's house and then on the weekends they get them and I'm like oh my god you get the weekends off every single weekend you know you get to your downtime yeah I wouldn't want that I wouldn't want like to miss out on every weekend because weekends are kind of the most when I'm the most fun right get to sleep in I heard you know I hear from both parents as to like why they like the weekend because the weekends are fun but then you hear from the other parent and they're like, oh, they get the structure. They get the, the schedule, the routine, the routine where, thing, yeah. where the kid, do, it doesn't act out. You yeah, know? I'd be more inclined to develop some sort of schedule where you do like a handful of days during the week and then every other weekend you get. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do remember a guy who was getting divorced saying how great it was uh, when he'd get the week off. Yeah. It was like week on. Week off. <laughs> week off. He said sometimes it'd be hard, like you miss your kids and everything. But then he said, but also <laughs> it's like a week of being a single person. It's like l- a little bit of life balance there, you know? Oh my God. But hey, what can you do? <laughs> it's nice being married to my husband too. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, right now I see more benefit in being married <laughs> than being divorced. But I guess there's like, a, there could be an upside too. I also, I don't know how single parents do it. Like, I don't know how my mom did it. I don't know how, I don't know how she like did the skating in the morning with me. And then my brother had hockey after school and like had a job herself. I don't know how the balancing act can work when you don't have two parents sometimes. It's a gong show. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's when you start to appreciate your parents more was when you become a parent, you realize how difficult it would have been. Mm-hmm. My mom had three kids. She was a single mom. Insane. Yeah. Three kids? Yeah. She was. Uh, she left my uh, dad or they broke up when I was two. She did remarry yeah. when I was five. So she was sort of on her own for three years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that marriage lasted, I think, seven years. Did you move in with the... Oh, yeah. Like, I lived with my stepdad. Oh, okay. And then seven years later, when I was 13, they got divorced, wow. uh, split up. And then uh, my mom was alone from then on. So... You know, like she was trying to manage a house with three teenage kids and going she didn't, through two divorces. She didn't, uh, the car was like a company car with his company. So he took it back. So she oh. was taking the bus to work oh. and the grocery shop. And that's when I started doing my own laundry in grade seven. Yeah. And having to clean and do yes. things in the house and contribute. Look at <laughs> you. Look up. at you stepping up. Yeah. That's good though. But I, yeah, it would have been a lot. I wonder if that'll be the case for Kim Kardashian's kids, like where now <laughs> that it looks like Kim and Kanye are done, if the kids are going to have to step up. Yeah, right. My mom like grinds it out at work. It's different for rich people, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're rich. The help. Four kids. 
That's a lot. Yeah. I bet you she's pretty hands-on, too. I bet you she's way more hands-on than we think, but just having a full-time nanny and a full-time, like, or any sort of cleaning staff. I bet you she's not hands-on with any of the stuff that's a major pain in the ass as a parent. (laughs) Like, seriously. Like, You say, like, she's hands-on. Yeah, I bet she's with the kids a lot, Mm -hmm. but she's with the kids for all the best times to be with the kids. Mm. And then they bring in... Snuggling to read a story or going on vacation with help. But, yeah, you think when, um, like, what's one of the kids, like, Northwest... Mm-hmm. You think when North is in grade eight and struggling with math that Kim Kardashian's going to be at the kitchen table <laughs> ha- arguing about like, I told you, you got to do it this way. Oh, why are you oh listening my- to me? Like, there's no way they just hire a professional tutor. Right. Or actually, they don't even need that because they're in the best private school yeah. where really by the time your kid comes home, all the homework's done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like all the stuff that's challenging with kids is just like all this. Yeah. They wouldn't have to worry about any of that stuff. I worked for, uh, I was a figure skating coach for the kids of a very, very wealthy family in Montreal. And, uh, the, they, how wealthy are we talking? Oh, they, they came to the arena with a bodyguard and with a nanny, sometimes two bodyguards. The dad showed up once. Bodyguards? A bodyguard. What kind of I'm work like, what's with in? the dude? Yeah. And she's like, he's a bodyguard. You, you can't tell us. Uh, I don't want to really say what yeah, yeah. kind of work they were in, but um, they had like a helicopter landing pad oh, at their house rich, yeah. to take them to their um, cottage hundreds up at Chambla. Of millions, hundreds of millions. They talking. had a racetrack where they would race their cars and they had a private jet that would take them to their home in the Bahamas for vacations. And I said to the nanny, because she would, they're like, oh, we're going to the Bahamas. I'm like, oh my, on the private jet. I'm like, oh my God, your life. You have the best job. And she said to me, you have no idea how awful it can be. Like she said, she's on the plane, on the private jet, on the ground. And she has to entertain the children the whole time, be playing with them, very hands-on. And the parents are doing nothing. They're just sitting there enjoying their drink. They're and- drinking. And relaxing. And the nanny is on the ground. She's like, I've got to, you know, she's got to keep all the balls in the air for the kids at all times. Yeah. Unless it's fun for the parent, they're going to have somebody else do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, Kim Kardashian <laughs> could be very hands-on for all the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, probably like right. going to the hockey game to watch the game is great, but you don't have to do all the practices and all the, sh- you know, schlepping around to get skates sharpened and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Man, the kid showed up with like a different outfit for hockey. I cha- trained one of them for hockey and one of them for figure skating. And the little boy had like a different jersey every week because he would just be like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. I'm like, wow. Were they assholes, the kids, compared to other well, kids yeah, that you taught? I saw one of the little girl had a new jacket. I'm like, that's a nice jacket. She said, it's London style. I remember being like, it's London style. It was. What is, I'm like, what, how do you know it's London style? What does London style mean? Oh, it was like a long dress coat. It was probably Burberry. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. They just did not get it. They did not get it. If I was so rich like that, I I would never treat my kids that way. Oh, I, I forgot. I would never just buy them whatever, buy them whatever they, they want. wanted. Like that's just a recipe to create a monster. I was already booked. Like I had private lessons already in the time slot that they wanted, and somebody told them to get me as the coach. So their uh, business affairs manager called me and said, "Whatever you make, we'll pay you four times as much." 
to move the children that are in your time slot out of it. And, and of course, you said, there's no way. These were my clients first, no, and I'm not changing my time. I was a university student. I'm like, what? Four times? And he said, yes. And the parents, the kids that you move out of that time slot, we will pay for their lessons for the rest of the season. Oh, so, that's cool. So at least they acknowledge that it might be a pain on them. So I call the other parents. But yeah. this is a ritzy neighborhood. It's Westmount in Montreal. Oh, so, so I call the other parents to tell them this great news to move out of their time slot. And yeah. someone else is paying their classes. And they were having none of it. Oh. They were like, oh, that's fine. We will move our time slot. But we will pay for our own lessons. Thank you very much. Oh. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding? My mom would have been like, great. <laughs> but she, <laughs> they agreed to move the time? Yeah. Well, they, I think they understood that it, I was in a position where So you I, said they were going to pay me four times as much, yeah. but they agreed to pay you. Oh, that's crazy. I called them with great news, you know. Yeah, and they were annoyed by it. They were like- Did no, they leave you shortly after no, that? No, they kept their time slot. They did want to know who the family was, though. And did you tell them? I don't, I don't think I had any knowledge of who they were until- later discussions with the nanny. She's like, don't you know who these people are? Mm. Mm. Who are these people? I can't Bronis, say. Do you have any guesses? Guys, they may kill me. Zero. <laughs> Zero Bronfman family? I don't famous Bronfmans. I don't know. Bronf- Bronf- Bronfman? I actually, I actually don't even know. But the Molson you know, family. It was know, the Molson family. You know what's crazy is that I started feeling sick to my stomach with the skating bills I was giving them because they were astronomical. That I remember, I called the mom and I'm like, I I'm just going to charge you double. I can't do quad. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I it's just making me feel uncomfortable. And uh, she's like, oh. yeah, well, I thought like maybe the Canadian Figure Skating Association that certifies me as a coach might look at how much I'm charging and say, uh, you, I'm going to take your certification away. Like, You got scared? I got scared. <laughs> I was like charging after I was Making like way more than a national coach, you know, for the the national competitive team she made. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like it was wrong. I know. Looking back now, I was an idiot. And the mom was like, "Okay, yeah." She said, "Okay." She didn't say, "Dear, don't worry about yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. This is like I don't even notice it being taken out of my account. I'm, I have so much money. She said, uh, "No one has ever um, done that for us before." Just so you know, and uh, that's very, you know, sweet of you. And then they cut my pay in half. (laughs) (laughs) The effect it it had on them? Zero. Zero. On me, it would have been... Half your income is gone. (laughs) But I could sleep at night. What about in these troubling times when, like, radio's losing more money than it's ever lost because of the pandemic? Have you ever thought about calling the boss at your radio job to say, uh, you know, <laughs> cut my salary in half. I don't feel right about. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, I've gotten smarter now. Okay. That was really, really dumb. Yeah, well, Kardashians, that'll be the way they run the things for their kids. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hold up. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.